Not worth the time with Wade Taylor. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Not Worth the Time. We're here. We're doing it. We are gonna do it. Dun dun dun. Ba da da dun. Ba 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 da da dun dun dun. Ba da da. Gonna do it. Yeah. Gotta get hyped up. Hope everybody's had a good couple weeks. Uh, well, thank you for coming back to the program, even though it didn't come out on its regular scheduled time. I don't think you guys noticed. Even if there were active, active, super active listeners who were engaging all the time, I don't think you guys would notice. Since it's every other week, you just it kind of pops in like a nice little, hey, how's it going? Yeah, just shows up, and it's nice, you know? I'm just like kind of check in here and there like, hey, you guys doing all right? Like, I got some weird stuff for you, and that's what we do. We're back. We're back back to uh getting back we're gonna get on track you know uh so here we are welcome guys welcome to the show i'm wade taylor as always as you probably know that already who cares i never enter this show right right i just kind of jump into it and do this weird thing that i do you know i hope you guys have had a good couple weeks though hope you have this weekend i've had a fucking great weekend yo I've had a great weekend, went and practiced golf, I finally feel like I'm medically cleared from whatever weird hip injury I was having, boy howdy was that shitty, just uh, never having an injury like that, I've hurt my knee, a calf, shoulder, broken a finger, you know, but having your like hip immobilized, like right around your, your, um, your hip flexor and your abdomen area, having that in pain, just because no matter what, you sit at work, you're sitting at home, you're just always in this position. And then you just try to, like, standing feels good and walking stuff, but you can't be constantly in motion to keep it loose. And then you, you don't want to lay down all the time because that just feels like you're on your deathbed. <laughs> you're just sitting there, laying down, watching TV, like, this is what it's going to be like in my 70s. <laughs> just laying on a couch, constantly consuming Fox News <laughs> or CNBC. <laughs> uh, that's what that's what the life in store for you. So you just you get scared and stuck in that mindset. So you get out there. But I'm glad now. I'm, I've I'm finally moved past that. There's no significant injuries. I had to pay too much money to get have a my insides have a photo shoot. You know, went to the mall. Had the had had a nice MRI photo shoot and had them take some pictures of my. My stuff, I was thinking about that while I was laying in that MRI machine. Because I know I've seen, like, I remember in Jackass, you could see Bam Margera's dick through the x-rays. Which, you would definitely see dick in an MRI machine then. For 100%. So, whoever the lady was taking my picture definitely just saw my balls in, in my penis. You know, they're just seeing dick and balls every day through a non They're seeing dicks and balls at their truest rawest form when you get an MRI pick dude you're getting ball picks at the rawest and most unflattering probably position there is because ladies think that you know they think dick picks are gross that's guys dressing them up that's them that's us trying to put our best foot forward and there's not really a lot of makeup tr- tricks okay there's not really a good way to make a penis look good okay you know, 
maybe maybe you put it in a dollhouse or or you you build it a tiny stage you know and you know you build a diorama and you just keep putting your dick in different dioramas that's how you class it up you know you put it in a speakeasy diorama so it has a little bit of class <laughs> uh, you make it look like it's from the mid-atlantic era and that's what kind of accent your penis talks with you know that's the only way you can dress it up but those ladies at the MRI place man they are they're looking at just raw dick, dude. Just in gym shorts, in your tidy whities just scoping it out and being like, yeah, yeah, that's what that guy's working with. The most unimpressive version of that. I guarantee you they, it, they've probably seen some impressive ones. They're probably, they are impressive, some flat, you know, flaccid ones. But, you know, you're just, you're probably not, you're getting a, you're getting the real picture. There's no hiding or lying behind camera tricks on an MRI dick pic, yo. So, yeah, I'm glad I'm medically cleared and I can go play golf now. <laughs> I've been trying to practice again and get out and figure out the fuck I'm doing with my swing. So, that was a good day. Enjoyed doing that. You know, went to a farmer's market with my girlfriend. She loved that. It would, I could take it or leave it. It was at a winery. They didn't have any beer. I don't want to fucking drink wine. It's not good. I've never liked beer. Beer, objectively, too. I get it. It isn't great, you know? It's not the tastiest substance in the world, uh, but it beats wine. I can't fucking stand it, dude. I'm just not there for it. Not built for wine. And that's okay. That's what happens when you drink too much Mountain Dew when you're a young man. <laughs> that's what happens when your family buys RC Cola and you drink a bunch of RC Cola as a kid. You don't have a taste for wine. <laughs> There's something about if you're, uh, depending on your social class, right? The Mountain Dew to wine drinking ratio. I don't know what it is, but there's a perfect cutoff where you can only have so many Mountain Dews before wine starts tasting bad to you. <laughs> it fucks your taste buds up, dude. Mountain Dew will literally drop you down a few classes because it will warp your taste buds enough that you won't drink red wine, dude. It doesn't matter if it's from the greatest crop grown ever to come out of California. It could have been the best year ever. Objectively, no other harvest has ever produced wine this good. But if you had killed so many Mountain Dews between the ages of 6 to 15, you don't have the taste for it. You can't do it, okay? You can be a sommelier for code reds and violet voltages, but you got nothing on wine tasting, okay? You can't do it. And I... In that category. I'm there, okay? I drank too much. I tried the, the Blackout Mountain Dew, and it's completely rendered me unable to tell the differences between wines or like them, okay? And that's the problem, okay? That's why I don't want to go to wineries, okay? But I will go check out a farmer's market and try to get free coffee samples and Danish samples, and I did, and I enjoyed that part of it, okay? I will say this, too. The, the small farmer markets, I keep thinking they're going to be more farmer's market, right? Like, you know, like maybe there's produce and things like that. Like nice things you can get, fresh veggies. That's what I'm fucking after. But it's all these middle-aged housewives just selling earrings they make. That's 90% of the vendors that were at this place, man. And I just, why? 
it's you how how are they making money it's just a side business i guess at, at a certain point right but in a in a passion i guess but it just seems so discouraging when you see that many people doing the same thing you're doing and it's not like they're producing completely different earring types. they're all clay they're similar designs you know there's things they get off etsy i swear i don't know i don't know i just go keep shit, shit to myself and uh just go around and try to find danishes <laughs> i'm just trying to find the sweet danish and some awesome coffee here that's what I'm gonna. That's my goal when I go around there. I don't care. Just gonna find me some Danishes, and we'll have a good time. So yeah, that's been a good weekend. The only, the only thing that was a real bummer this weekend is a girlfriend came over, was hanging out, cooking dinner, hanging out, watching what's ever on TV, and then she says to me, "Hey, in the lower corner of your entertainment center, there's a spider right there." I'm like, "Oh, I'll get it." So I bend over to see underneath it. And there's a fucking just network of cobwebs underneath this thing. I've try I pride myself on being a dude who actually cleans his place. I, I think I for a bachelor pad, you I think I'm in the f- top 10% echelon of people who are cleaning their spaces pretty well for a dude living by himself. You know who you are if you uh, are trying to just say that I'm wrong about this. You have a shit place, okay? You don't have a good, you have a dirty place. Most dudes do, okay? It's fine. We've all been there. Most of us just didn't understand, you know, the, we just didn't understand how to clean a place, right? You know, it's okay. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You didn't know when you are 20s. Yeah, your mom yelled at you forever growing up to learn these skills because you'll need them when you're gone. But you didn't. Instead, you just have to live in a pile of filth for a long time, not get laid because of it, and then finally you look up a couple tips from Mr. Clean's website <laughs> and you learn that a magic eraser basically can do anything. <laughs> and that's what you start doing. But she starts ripping me because of how dirty this is. And it was dirty. And I'm not too upset over the fact that I didn't dust underneath the entertainment center. Okay, it's a thing that easily overlooked. I thought I was getting it. You know, I got a Swiffer mop and broom that I go underneath that. And I've seen the commercials. They're like, it reaches under and cleans it. I'm like, well, then it must be doing it. You know, I'm going underneath it. It's got to be cleaning it. But what was really disgusting to me, guys, isn't it wasn't just a network of spider webs and multiple spiders down there. I found seven giant eggs, spider egg sacs. That that is what bothered me the most. That that my apartment. It's not that I'm mad that a spider's in here. Spiders gonna get in here. Bugs are gonna get in here. You know, I'm upset that they're fucking in here and doing it free of charge. I run a brothel <laughs> to try to make money. This economy is crazy. These spiders got to play to have a place to fuck. Okay. So I got these squatters bringing their children in here, raising them under my TV stand. It's gross, you know. I'm just upset that spiders are fucking in here, you know. I don't even know when they're doing it. Yeah, is it why I'm at work? Is that why I don't hear any spider moans? You know, that's I guess 
those spiders must not be doing much. Those males must not be putting in any work. I never hear any screams of passion from the from the spider community fucking in my house. You know. Also, it is interesting because I think most species of spider do this. You know, like the male tries to uh, fornicate and then the female just basically eats them. <laughs> I think that happens the most. And uh, it explains why there were seven egg sacs and about seven dead spiders on the floor below it. Just so many. That was prime real estate. People were going to war underneath that thing, killing them. I still, and I brought this up to my girlfriend too, I don't understand how spiders even survive in a house. Like, I, I don't, there aren't that many bugs in here. Like, I didn't see any bugs in the web. You would think if they were feeding, there'd be more spiders. That's how they have to eat. So how are they fucking living? You know, are they, are they all feasting on me? Do I have so many spider bites on me now? Or I just don't even get bumps because I'm immune to the poison, but they're just feeding off me? Am I just a giant smorgasbord for this goddamn spider family? I hope not, because it would gross me out. I would feel so violated. I fucking hate spiders so much, guys. I really do. They're like, they're, it's not that I, I'm grossed out by them, but I do hate them. They're they're creepy looking. They're they're fast. They drink blood. Everything about them is is just hateable. You know, there's not one redeeming quality. I guess maybe they're they're keeping my house bug free. We'll see. We will see after I got rid of that entire family, apparently. We'll see if more uh, roly-polies and flies start hanging around. <laughs> Maybe I upset the ecosystem by devastating the entire city of spiders underneath my TV stand. I might have single-handedly disrupted my entire apartment's ecosystem by taking them out. I don't know. We'll find out, you know. But I had to get rid of it. I would... God damn, dude. Have you guys ever stepped or like destroyed a spider egg sack. Ugh. It'll make your fucking skin crawl, dude. I remember one time I, we used to get them in this one garage of one of our houses all the time. Like right down by the garage door sensor, they would just like make webs right there and there would just be just like 20 or 30 fucking spider egg sacks, dude. It's just disgusting. It just looks so gross when you see it. And I remember trying to step on I stepped on it one time I was like I'm gonna get rid of these fucking things so I like fucking stepped on it and just when they did that they spursed and then like just hundreds you know like I don't know how many are each yet sack but it just looked like hundreds of tiny little spiders fucking exploded out of it and I was like what the fuck and I went and grabbed like wasp repellent and fucking sprayed the shit out of all these little tiny bastards to make sure they didn't go in the house. <laughs> that would have been a fun one to explain to my parents. Hey, so, um, you know how, uh, like, there's all those spider eggs in the corner? I stepped on them like they were poppers from <laughs> from fireworks, and thinking they would just, like, make pop noises. And uh, I unleashed an army of <laughs> infant spiders into our home. We now are infested. <laughs> and they want revenge. Those, those tiny baby spiders are going to organize and come for revenge, okay? They are not going to take that lightly, okay? I destroyed their home. The only thing they've ever known from inside that sack. And now they want vengeance. <laughs> They're going to take my foot as a trophy for what I did to their people. Anyway, spider eggs, gross. I wish there was a way to prevent them better. 
you know, other than getting those stupid, uh, I don't know, there's some kind of like, not a crab apple, but like uh, some weird app, something apple that you can put out and apparently spiders hate. So if you put this in your house, like they fucking hate them. And it's a really ugly green lumpy thing and i don't remember what the fuck it's called but they repel spiders and people put them in their fucking houses i would never want one of them in my house because those things just look great i would rather deal with the spiders honestly they look grosser than spiders (laughs) i don't know who knows guys but hey i guess it's time to get into what we've what i found this week right let's let's look at what fun thing i found this week well um we're gonna look at some psychology because i feel like some of us I've lost our perspective. God knows I have. I lose a perspective all the time. Um, Just because I start questioning everything that's coming out of my fucking mouth. Uh, So lost perspective? Try this uh, linguistic trick to reset your view. Uh, By using distant self-talk, you can leverage the structure of your language and take steps back and see the bigger picture. In the second century CE, uh, in the sunset of his life, Roman Emperor uh, Maximus Aurelius, oh, I just bought a book by him uh, called Meditation, so I'm going to be reading that soon. Crazy that I happened to stumble across this. Uh, Begin recording meditations on how he lived his life. Uh, the question he asked himself are the same one uh, ones many of us find ourselves asking today. How does a person live a meaningful life? How does one find a, uh, resilience in the face of suffering? What does it mean to be happy? Aurelius uh, did not intend for meditations to be read by others, allowing us a perspective tour through the dialogue he had with himself. Although there is are recurring themes the text reads as a series of standalone entries that vary in length for a mere sentence or two uh, uh to a paragraph uh these fragments aurelius captures a profound kernel of wisdom many of which have been born out of commentary uh psychological research Oh, contemporary, contemporary psychological research. But in addition to capturing Marcus Aurelius' insight, uh, insightful musings, meditations, uh, as translated to English from the original Greek, uh, reveals something unusual about the man himself, his ability to shift perspective as he grapples with big ideas. At the time, uh, Aurelius thought reflecting in first-person perspective uh, indicated through his use of first-person singular pronoun I. Uh, at other times, however, he would use we, um, expressing ideas that applied to applied not just to him but to mankind collectively. Our life is a welfare and a mere uh, pilgrimage. In the in other entries, he switches again by using the second person uh, singular pronoun, translating either as you or as a arthritic thou. Um, whatever, I didn't read that one word right, but I don't give a fuck. Rather than being used uh, to address the reader, remember he didn't have a reader in mind. Aurelius uh, uses a second person pronoun reflecting his trans... Uh, his reflected his tendency to consider his life as if he in 
dialogue uh, oh, as if he was in dialogue with himself. This is addressed to him directly. In my research, I studied how the subtle linguistic shifts such as these can be powerful alter uh, can powerfully alter the context of your thoughts uh, and subsequently change the way we see we feel. For this reason, I was particularly struck by the quote below in which Aurelius gave himself advice in the second person on how to quit the roaring, uh, to quiet the roaring inner seas of his mind, which untamed can lead to a person to feel as if they are drowning. Let not thy mind wander up and down uh, and heap together in her thoughts uh, the many trouble and grievous uh Comedities, which thou art uh, as subject unto as any other, but everything in particular doubts happen. Uh, put this question unto thyself to say, What is that in this present matter seems unto thee so ir, uh, intolerable? For thou wilt be ashamed to confess it. Then upon this presently call to mind that neither that which is future nor that which is past can hurt thee, but the only which is present. Uh, and that is much lessened if thou doubt slightly circumscribe to it. Then and then check thy mind if the if so, for a while, uh, a mere instance, I cannot hold out with patience. Okay, I butchered the living fuck out of that. <laughs> Can you tell I haven't read much Shakespeare in my life? Boy, howdy, did I butcher that. But it is pretty uh, interesting. It's the same thing like people you know, nowadays would say. It's just, hey... Uh, think about, don't think about the past or the present or the future or the pre past. You can't control any of that and it can't hurt you because it's, it hasn't happened or it's already happened. So there's nothing that can be done about it. You can only be hurt by the present if you are subscribing to it and staying present into it anyway. So I don't know. That's a pretty powerful quote. Here is Aurelius writes the power that people have over their own thoughts. He can provide the following astute advice Ask, it, ask yourself roughly what is upsetting you at this moment. That The phrasing is a paramount. Uh, he did not write what is upsetting me. Uh, rather, he advised asking himself the question from the perspective of an outsider using a second person singular pronoun uh, arbitrarily through Adopting this more distant self-perspective, Aurelius is able to recognize his feelings of anguish that were temporary. Uh, this process reflecting on oneself using part speech that is typically used to referring to others, i.e. second or third person, or even one's own name, is a distant self-taught. Uh, a, mount a mounting body of research by psychologists suggests that in Engaging in self, distant self-talk can help regulate our negative thoughts and emotions in a range of situations, uh, from working through painful past experiences to performing on self-stressful uh, uh, upcoming tasks. 
These findings uh, about distance self-talk build a, on decades of research showing that psychological distance, taking the perspective beyond here, the here and now, is an essential ingredient for aligning your thoughts and feel, feelings and behaviors with our goals. When using second person pronouns, you, you to reflect on ourselves, we can move beyond our default uh, egocentric perspective and consider our thoughts and feelings from the stance of a more objective observer. This distant self-perspective then opens up a new way of thinking uh, which can be make a difference for our feelings and behaviors in a variety of emotional situations. For instance, one pair of studies my colleagues and I found uh, that research participants tried to understand their feelings by talking to themselves in their head using distant self-talk. Why is Dylan feeling this way versus... Uh, Immersive self-talk, why am I feeling this way? Uh, leading them to feel less negativity about their uh, pers- about their personal negative experience that if elected emotionally, such as betrayal, anger, rejection, frustration, worry, and external threats. Uh, more o- moreover, these benefits persist even among other volunteer- our volunteers who were... S- sp- especially prone to worry and uh, reminiscing. Okay. In another study we also conducted during the Ebola outbreak in 2014, we uh, spread in the United States. My colleagues and I found that instructing research participants to reflect on the threat of the virus in writing using distant versus immersed um, self-talk led to those who've been feeling particularly anxious about it to reason more rationally by drawing on more fact-based reason not to worry, which lowered their anxiety. In other research, Ethan Cross of at the University of Michigan and his team cured volunteers uh, use uh, cu- oh, cued volunteers to use distant self-talk to mentally prepare for giving an upcoming speech, which, compared to a control group, led them to view the speech as a challenge that they may have the resources to conquer, as opposing to an overwhelming threat. Researchers at the University of Buffalo, New York, conducted a similar study, finding that the change in their uh, cognitive appraisal from the threats to challenges was also reflected uh, in a comparable psychological response huh well and then there's like a whole thing down here about the benefits of it which i will save you guys me butchering reading anymore uh, today but i found that like uh i figured that would be pretty uh interesting to hear um i know i talk a lot about the psychology on this show and make fun of stuff and do that kind of thing it's uh it's easy to do i know uh i try it's a good practice, I think, to try to get outside yourself. It's um, I don't think a lot of people do it enough. I probably don't do it enough. I try to empathize with people, and I think maybe that's a hang-up. I try to empathize with others. I try to get in their situation, but then I have a hard time empathizing with myself. Like I don't, I don't give myself the benefit of the doubt or the leeway I give other people. Um, 
probably because you, you know it, I hold myself to a too high of a standard. That's probably what it is too. But um, I have to be able to do that. That's why I thought this was so interesting. I think it's something that I can implement for sure to help me be m- at least more productive in my thoughts and criticism of myself, or just even my accomplishments. Like you got to sit back and be like, whoa, look at yourself from an outside perspective. You've seen all the stuff, but if you're looking at what you're doing from way over here, it you'll be like, wow, it's a completely different perspective and you can see everything. It's, you know, Getting the bigger picture is always going to be better and it's going to help you realize just a lot of different things, not only about yourself, just about the world. If you can step back and be like, okay, what am I doing uh, big picture wise? I don't know. It's just important. I'm interested that this makes me even more interested in reading the book. I just got uh, meditations. I, um, so I had no idea this was the same thing from that. So it's kind of crazy that I got a little pre glimpse into that book I'm about to read. So anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Not worth the time. And if you want to check out more stuff, head over to punninggame.com. That's right. Punninggame.com is where you can find all the episodes of your favorite shows here at punninggame.com. You got this show, not worth the time. You got who gives it F you got the back catalogs of all the other podcasts we've had on the network. So go check all that out and head over and over to youtube.com. If you want to watch me read and butcher this whole thing that I read for you guys, uh, you can watch it right there on youtube.com search comic way Taylor and hit subscribe and like the videos, leave a comment if you'd like, you know, all that good stuff. And then don't forget to go head over to the punning game sh- shop, uh, the punning game shop on punninggame.com. Get yourself something nice to represent your favorite shows here at punninggame.com. And don't forget to use promo code N-W-T-P-O-D. That's N-W-T-P-O-D. That gets you free shipping at checkout. Guys, the links are all in the uh, description below for all the stuff I just mentioned and for what I read today in case you want to go to that website and check out more of the stuff they got. Um, Yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Not worth the time. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. We'll be right back.